Let me start the message by saying this. We, you're familiar with the word protest, right? We've seen some protesting going on over the last 18 months. And uh, see, because it's not enough now in our world to be against something or have an opinion, but we need to really share it with as many people as we can. We need to get as loud as we can and, and let everybody know. Like, if I don't make enough money, I want you to know I don't make enough money. They're not paying me enough. And, you know, because of that, I can't pay my $550 car payment. So, you know what? Dang it. I'm taking a week off of work unpaid, and I'm going to protest. And I'm like, well, that really doesn't make much sense. Or are you telling me how to live? No, no, you go protest, do your thing. But I'm just saying there's, there's better ways. Well, maybe we should redistribute the wealth, right? That would make it better. And I always tell people, why don't you start with your wealth and let me know how it goes. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> you, you, have you heard the protester called the sign guy? This guy who's on the internet and he's kind of gone viral. And if you haven't heard of him, heard of him, he holds up signs and he, and he holds them up and they're kind of comical things. They're, they're funny things that you might think, well, he's put them on a sign and held them up. I'll show you a few just to kind of get, let you know what he says. Show, show the first one. So, uh, yeah, stop sending confirmation emails when I unsubscribe. Seriously, <laughs> who does that? Like, if you're doing that, that's why I unsubscribed. That's why I did it. It's very true. Next one. Stop replying all to company-wide emails. If you're doing that, you have no friends, and soon you will have no job. Knock it off. What's the next one? No one cares what vaccine you got. Seriously, you don't need to tell the whole world when you got a vaccine. All right? The next, when I get a medical procedure, I don't run and tell the world, hey, I got a colonoscopy. I did it. I did it. My banner doesn't say I got, va I got vaccinated. It says I got violated. But anyway, that's what I did. So what's the next one? Stop asking for my credit card info for free trials. If it's free, you don't need my credit card. Seriously, knock it off. We, this one was so adamant, we showed it twice. Anyway, so stop landing, or stop standing up where the plane lands. That's probably the biggest one. Stop it. The, you're not going to get out for another hour, okay? And if you're in the back, it'll be another 75 minutes. Stop standing up when the plane lands. Do we have any more? Hey, New Meadows Church music coming soon. Who's ready for it? I like that. I like that one. I hope you're ready for Meadows to drop their third single because it is going to happen soon. Everybody's got something to protest. Everybody's got something to say. If I, if I had to give that, dart, that dude a cardboard sign, like my pet peeve is when you're typing a post and, and you'll say warning. When you start your post with saying warning, I, okay, don't, don't post it. Warning, rant coming. I don't want, okay, that's the last thing I want to read is your rant. Warning, long post coming. I ain't reading it, not doing it. Warning, photo dump. I don't want to see any of your photo. I'll look at one, but not 1,400 of them. So we've all got these pet peeves. People are always protesting. What if I, okay, how can I say this? What if you've been protesting your purpose and you don't even know it? What if God has been giving you signs, interruptions, um, things that he wants you to see, and you're kind of pushing back and you don't know it? It's crazy to think you might be doing that, but you might be. Moses did it. Moses, one of the biggest faith figures in the Bible, he pushed back on God, God and he protested his purpose. He tried to escape his calling. Now, if you don't know Moses, I'll just, I'll summarize it. Moses um, is a Hebrew, was born a Hebrew, but was raised in an Egyptian family. Uh, he became powerful. He became really powerful. He had a lot of, he had a lot of um, treasure. He had a lot of power. Um, and, and at 40 years old, he, everything was good until it wasn't. Moses made a mistake at 40. Like, we've never done that, but Moses made a big one. Moses killed a dude. And Moses tried to cover it up, but he didn't do a good job covering it up, and he got busted. And because he got busted, he ran, and he fleed. 
And then he's wandering in the desert, really being, became a shepherd. He goes from the palace to the, to the pasture, if you will. So he's in the pasture, and God shows up. God shows up um, to call him to lead the Israelites out of slavery. His people, they're in slavery in Egypt. And, and what if I told you, Moses, this is crazy. He pushed back on God five times. Five times he protested his purpose. I can't wait to show you the story because you're in the story, and you may not even know it. If you brought a Bible or a mobile app, go to Exodus 3. That's where I'm going to start. Exodus is in the Old Testament. It's, 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 it's the second book of the Bible, if you want to know where to go. Exodus 3. And, and I'll tell you what happens. It, so let me, let me set the scene for this. Moses is shepherding the sheep, and he's interrupted by God. Have you ever been interrupted by God? I wonder if God's ever tried to interrupt us and we missed it. Yeah, like, like God will give you a sign. God will put somebody in your path. It'll be something inconvenient probably, but you miss it. And I miss it. This was an interruption, but often, often our interruptions are God's invitations. That's what it was for Moses. And this interruption, he didn't miss it because it was the burning bush. Like if you grew up in the church, you've probably heard this story. But I bet you never understood the significance behind all of it. God showed me something this week. I can't wait to show you. So, so Moses is out shepherding the sheep. And he sees this, this, this plant, this shrub, and it's on fire, but it's not burning up. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's still there. And it's God drawing Moses over, interrupting Moses' day with the sheep. And God starts to speak through the burning bush. This is, this is how it went down. Exodus 3, verse 7. You ready? Say, I'm ready. You got to be ready. So then the Lord told him, I've seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard the cries of their distress because of the harsh slave drivers. Yeah, I'm aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into a fertile and spacious land. See, pause for a second. Some of you, you needed to hear that. That in your cries of distress, in your struggle, in your prayers, God is hearing you. Even when you don't think he's hearing you. He says, I've heard their cries. I've heard their pleas. I've heard their prayers. And I have come down. Today, God is coming down. And he wants to meet you right where you're at. Right in that distress. Right in that struggle. I promise you, that's what he's doing for them. He says, I'm going I'm to lead you to a land. A land flowing with milk and honey. He's talking about a land of provision. He said, right now it's where the Canaanites live. The Hittites, the Armorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and the most feared tribe of all, the Cellulites. Okay? They all, I'm just kidding. That's not a real thing. But they all live there. And God said, look, the cry of my people Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians have abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh, Moses. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Question, did God need Moses to lead the people out of Egypt? No. It's so interesting. God, you could do that and free those people, millions of people that are in slavery. But God says, I've chosen you. Like God wants to use you to, to carry out his purposes. That's powerful. See, that's why the church exists, if you didn't know. I don't know if you got brought up going to church or, or what your background is, but I'm telling you, the church isn't just some, some sanctuary where we come and sit, some museum for saints. Not only that, it's a hospital for sinners, first of all, and it's a, it's a vehicle to spread the good news and the love of Jesus Christ. And Moses, God is saying to Moses, I'm calling you to do it. And Moses is thinking, me? Me? So... 
I'm sure he's thinking, I'm a failure, God. I killed a guy, God. I, I, I'm a murderer. Yeah, yes, Moses, you are messed up. But, but if God waited to use people that weren't messed up, he would never get anything done. Aren't you grateful that God wants to meet you right where you're at? That God wants to use you right here. That you don't have to get cleaned up for God to start using you. It's huge. But Moses, here we go. What are you going to do, Moses? you going to protest? He does. Verse 11, Moses protests. Say, who am I? Who am I? Moses is protesting. He's standing there with his sign. Who am I? He says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? He's the king of Egypt. I'm a, I'm a shepherd. Who am I to lead the people out of, out of Egypt? Who am I? See, Moses made excuses. Why? Because he felt inadequate. Moses, you are inadequate alone. But with God, with God's help, you have more than enough to do what God has called you to do. That is a fact. And that's what God is trying to get Moses to understand. Who am I? Moses is who am I? And you might think, who am I for God to use me like that? Who am I? God answered, I'll be with you, Moses. This is your sign, by the way, that I'm the one who sent you. When, oh, that's huge. Say when. You hear what God's doing? When you have brought the people out of Egypt... When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship at this very mountain. See, my fear is this, that you and I, sometimes we turn God's when into our if. Is that what you're doing in your life? God is saying, when I deliver you, when, when I bring you to where you want to be, when I show you the plan I have for you, it's not an if, it's a when. Don't turn, don't turn God's when into your if. Huge. So, so that's what Moses was doing. And God says, God says, I will be with you. God doesn't call the qualified. You've maybe heard that said before. He qualifies the called. That's what he does. You know, and, and Moses is like, well, who am I? Who am I? It, it, Moses is not about who you are. It's about the one who called you and what he wants to do in you and through you. That's what we need to understand. Oh, God wants to use Moses. He don't have to use him. He wants to. Moses, this is, stop protesting your purpose. But Moses isn't a good listener. And for the second time, Moses will protest. You'll see it in verse 13. And Moses says, well, God, who are you? Say, who are you? Who are you? Listen to what he says. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask me, well, who, what's his name? Then what am I going to tell them, God? Like, who are you? Like, there's many gods back in this day that they would worship. Many. There's the, there's the God of the sun and the God of the rain. And that might sound weird to us. That might sound crazy to us. But here's the thing. I wonder if the people then would look at us today in our culture, and they'd say, why do you worship the gods you worship? You, you are, you know, you're worshiping your spouse, it looks like to me. You're worshiping your kids. Your life revolves around your career. You, all you care about is the hobby that you do. See, it might not look like the rain god or the sun god, but what, see, the only one worthy of our worship is God. The one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is the one true God. And that's what God is trying to show Moses. Moses is like, who are you? I don't even know who you are. God replies in verse 14, I am who I am. Keep going, God. God says, say this to the people of Israel. Say, I am has sent me to you. 
God also said to Moses, hey, say this to the people of Israel. Say, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me to you. See, they would know Yahweh. Yahweh would be the Hebrew word for God. So God's like, okay, they're gonna, they might not understand I am, but they'll understand Yahweh. You tell them the one true God. There is no other God before me, God says. And somebody here, you might be questioning who God is, just like, just like Moses did. God, who are you? And last week, many of you, you wrote note cards. You remember that? Like we had buckets up here, and you wrote note cards, and you put down, you put down a vision maybe God has given you, or you wrote down a doubt that you're having when it comes to God's plan for your life. I read through every card, prayed over every one, blew me away. I, I love this church's, I love your authenticity and your realness because God can bless it. God can answer those prayers because they're real. One person wrote, you know what they wrote? I put it down. God, are you even real? Like, are you even real? I, see, I don't get mad at stuff like that. I love it because I know that person's seeking. They're, they're probably, I bet they prayed some prayers and God hasn't shown up the way they want. I bet they've been hoping in an area of their life and it looks hopeless right now. God, are you even real? Some of you, you've, if you've been part of Meadows for a while, you've heard me tell the story, but I gotta tell it because it's, it's my story. And I'm sitting there and I had that are you real moment. And I'm in my closet, you know, addicted to drugs. And I'm in, a, in this closet, dark closet. And I'm on my knees just like this. And I have these drugs in my hand. And I am holding them. And I am begging God, like, God, if you were ever real, you would show up now. Because I would give anything not to do what, 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 what's here. I don't want it, God. God, I need you to help me. And here's what I basically said to God. But God, you're not going to help me, are you? You aren't going to show up, are you? And, and he didn't. And I'll talk about why in a minute. But he didn't show up, and I just did everything. And it was one of the most miserable, th it was such a miserable time. God, maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're struggling right now. Maybe you feel defeated right now. I need, I need you to know there's hope. I need you to know that there's hope if you want to give up in the area of your life. I was so hopeless. I was like, God, are you real? God, are you there? I didn't know. The person wrote on their card, God, are you real? Are you real? Let's go to Exodus 4, verse 1. Here we go. The protest continues, say three. For the third time, Moses is going to protest. But Moses protested again. Now let's pause for a second. Understand the setting. Moses is still looking at a bush that is on fire and not burning up. And he's not believing it. He, he, okay, if you go home today and your houseplant lights itself on fire and starts having a conversation with you, you should lean in. You should listen. There's always somebody, well, God, God did actually speak to me when I was eating my taco. Actually, sir, that wasn't God. That was the marijuana. Okay, let's just call it what it is. So anyway, so, but I'm I, I, he's watching a miracle unfold. And, and for the third time, he protests. For the third time, say what if. That's his protest. Let me read it to you. What if, God, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you, Moses? What if? Fear is placing your faith in what ifs, by the way. If you didn't know. Fear is placing your faith in what ifs. I wrote it down. I said, what if they don't like me? Right? What if I don't get the job? What if the business fails? What if things don't turn around? What if I never find a spouse? What if? What if the Vikings beat the Cowboys tonight? Okay. Actually, there's a sign for that. Okay? Dead. No. 
Nope. Enough said there, right? I mean, come on. Let's get real. God has not given you a, a spirit of what ifs. I'm going to say it again. God has not given you a spirit of what ifs. It's not me saying it. It's the word of God. Let me read you out of a New Testament book that was written by Paul to his, to his mentee, Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.7. The final book that actually penned, or the final yeah, book or letter that, that Paul penned through the inspiration of God. Paul writes, for God, Timothy, has not given you a spirit of fear. See, when you're under fear, that is like demonic attack, if you don't know. That's what it is. People are like, oh, don't mention demons. Demons are as real as they've ever been. You, dr you drive on Highway 80 in rush hour, every third car is driven by a demon. Anyway, so um, demons are real. And I'm telling you, when you're, when you're living under fear and it paralyzes you, that, you're being attacked. And you should rebuke that, okay? The Bible says resist the devil. Humble yourselves and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. What's he given us, God? What have you given us? Power. Love, self-discipline. This is what I provide for you, God says. God's not going to ask you to go somewhere where he won't give you the means to do what he's called you to do. He won't do it. So stop living in fear. Where God guides, where God guides, he does provide. Where God guides, God provides. Where God guides, God provides. Where God guides, God, where, I can't say it, it's hard. Where God guides, God provides. <laughs> We'll get to Moses' tongue twisting in a second. But um, I shared last week, uh, starting Meadows Church, and, you know, some of the fear that we allowed creep in, or I allowed to creep in once in a while. What ifs were very real for me? And I, it bothers me now to even tell you that, because that was a lack of faith. And I didn't have it a lot, because I knew that God's hand was on our church. But there were moments. Like, like we weren't always in here. We weren't always at an event center. Like, we used to meet in a house basement. A rented house basement. Not easy to get people to come to church. Hey, come to my church in my basement, huh? Come on. You know, people don't want to do that. And here's the what ifs. What if nobody shows up? What, what, if, what if someone does show up, but they see it's a house, and they're like, nope, and they just keep driving. Very real. What if they show up, they come in, but they don't like the kind of Kool-Aid that we're serving? All kinds of what ifs. Kool-Aid, you'll get it. What if? What if? When Moses, oh gosh. When Moses said they won't believe me, do you know what Moses was really saying to God? I don't believe you. <laughs> Think about that for a second. When you start to question what God has put on, what God, the purpose God has for you, and how he speaks to you when, it, when it's through his word, his true word, Moses, what you're saying to God is, I don't believe you, God. You're telling me I'm going to lead the people, but I don't believe you. See, I don't think you're faithful. I don't think you tell the truth all the time. I don't think I can trust you. Think about what he's saying. That's what he's saying. See, I, God, I don't believe you can save my marriage. See, God, I don't, I don't believe that you can help me in my, my, my nonprofit business that I'm trying to start. I don't believe it. It's going to fail. I don't believe you can turn my financial situation around. I don't believe it. You know why God didn't show up in that closet that day? It wasn't because of God. It was because of me. See, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I was like, God, I'm asking you to help me. But you know what I was really saying is, God, you won't help me. And God's like, wow, you want to start declaring that? Because what you speak matters. What comes out of your mouth matters. Moses is telling God, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you can do what you said you will do. That's so, and finances, I tell you what, for me, and this is just my story, I didn't believe God when it came to finance. I didn't believe him. 
I, I was saved at a church, uh, sold out to a church, but when, when, when we talk about the principles of giving back to God, I was like, nope. And, I'm like, and it was like, ah, I don't know. And what I was saying, God, is I, I think you're a liar. I think you're a liar, God. Because think about it. I remember the pastor preaching on Malachi, and it says, return a tithe. Return your tithe to the storehouse, 10%. Return 10%. And I don't want to do that. I'll trust you with my life, but not my money. And I wouldn't do it. And God said, but it's my word. And I said, if you do it, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. You don't believe that, do you, Monty? And I was like, nope, I don't. I think your word lies. Oh, I wouldn't say that out loud because I was saved at that point. Doesn't sound good to call God a liar, but in my heart, that's what I, wasn't I? Now I'll tell you something. God finally got me over this hump, thank God. And, and I was telling somebody, uh, the, well, the, the same gentleman that's been called into ministry, I was telling him, you would, never, you would never get me not to tithe, ever. And to say that, that's only God can do that. Only God can do that. Because at one point I said, you would never get me to do it. Never say never to God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. God, God, I don't believe you, God. I don't believe you. That's what Moses is saying. And what you, make no mistake, what you believe determines how you behave. Right? If I truly believe that God's going to pour out a blessing so great, I won't have enough room to take it in, I'll be obedient to that situation. If I don't believe it, I won't do it. It doesn't matter what you declare. It matters what you demonstrate. And if you want to know what people believe, here's the deal. Watch people in a pandemic. You'll find out real quick what they believe. I promise you. My gosh, I, see, do you remember, remember about a year ago when you couldn't find any toilet paper? Okay, you remember that? And if that was you hoarding it all and shoving it in your food pantry, you're a jerk, okay? Because I couldn't find it because of you. And I'll never, I still don't get it. Like to this day, I don't understand it. No one's ever sat me down and said, Monty, let me sit you down and say, here's why the toilet paper thing was such a big deal. Here's why they had, we had to hoard, hoard, hoard it. No one's ever sat me down and told me anything. I don't, I'll never understand it. And if you're thinking, I'll, I'll explain it to you. No, you won't. Please don't try to. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if that was really the end, like, it, you got one thing you got to go after. Is it going to be toilet paper? That's the hill you're going to die on? I mean, I, let me just, let me. You don't need toilet paper to live, okay? Now, I'm not saying it's going to be comfortable, okay? I'm not. You're going to want to find a tree with the softest leaves. I promise you that. It's not going to be comfortable. But you don't. I don't. Okay, help me. I'm going for the food myself. I'm going for the. If it's, if it's the end, if it's truly the end, uh, food I need, all right? And if it's really the end, I'm going for the good stuff. I'm going for the center cut filet mignon. I'm going for the prime rib. I'm going for the lobster. I'm going for the ice cream. You know, the necessities. That's what I'm going for. I don't know about anybody else. Toilet paper. I don't get it. So, verse 2, chapter 4 of Exodus. <sighs> Moses, remember what he's asking? Remember where we're still at? What if? What if? What if? And God says to Moses, What's in your hand? Moses, you are, you are doubting so much right now. I need to give you something tangible. I, I need to show you something that you can really see because you're not believing by faith right now. What do you got, Moses? What's in your hand? And Moses says to God, a shepherd's staff. And God says, throw it down to the ground. And Moses throws it down to the ground. The Lord, after he throws it down, the Lord told him, actually, Moses throws it down and it turns into a snake. <laughs> the Bible's funny. Moses jumps back. I would too. 
I would too, I'm just saying. <laughs> God's like, reach out, Moses, and grab its tail. I'd be like, you grab its tail, God. I, I ain't touching that. Moses did it. Of all the place, Moses exhibits faith. It's with a snake. Anyway, so Moses reaches out, grabs the tail of the snake, and as he does, it turns back into a staff. True story. This isn't a fable. This isn't made up. This happened. God is showing Moses something tangible. God is, God is trying to do everything he can to help Moses live his purpose. God is so patient with us. What he's telling Moses is, Moses, that's your staff. Remember what I did with the staff. Moses, remember what I can do. See, you don't have a staff today, and I don't have a staff today other than the one I'm holding, but you get it. So, but what you do have today is the word of God. See, what Moses didn't have, he was living the word of God. There was no Bible. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Did you know that? He did. He didn't have it to go to. You and I, we got the word of God. You can look at it. You can open it. You can read it. You don't need a shepherd's staff. You just need the word of God living, alive, active, sharper than any. When you believe the word of God, you have that. That is your staff. Man. So, so Moses picks it up and it turns back into a staff. God says, do that in front of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Do that little trick. They'll believe. They'll believe. They'll believe the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to you. Think about it. God turns a stick into a snake. He, he, he turns a bush into an everlasting fire. And he takes a man named Moses, a murderer, and wants to use him to, to set a country free, set a nation free. God uses, God uses ordinary things to do extraordinary things. Think about this. You have everything you need to do what God is calling you to do. He will, if you trust him, Moses would not, Moses was so relentless with this. It's amazing to think that Moses is known as a man of faith, just like Abraham. He's almost acting like a child here. You ready for this? Say four. For the fourth time, Exodus 4.10, Moses pleads with the Lord. Moses pleads with the Lord. What are you going to say, Moses? I don't have what it takes. See, I don't have the ability. I, I, I don't have the talent. I don't have it. That's what he says. Listen to this. Moses pleaded. He's begging God to get out of his purpose. That's insane. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with my words. I don't have the ability. I've never been good with my words. I'm not even now, even though you've spoken to me, God, I get tongue-tied. I get my words tangled. Watch, God. Uh, she sells she shores by the seashore. See, God, I can't say it. I can't do it. I, I, get, I get twisted. God, Moses doubts for the fourth time. It, it seems crazy. This time his ability, this time that he gets um, tongue-tied. Actually, um, when I was a pastor in Sioux Falls, there was another pastor that was doing a wedding. This does have something to do with the message, but it's funny too. So he's doing a wedding, and he got tongue-tied. He got, must have got nervous or something. And what he's supposed to say at the wedding, uh, it was Jill and Eric. And he's, and he's talking to Jill at the wedding. And if, you know, audience just like you at the wedding, oh, so beautiful, everything's so great. And he's like, and what he was supposed to say is, Jill, today you're going, you're going, <laughs> easy for me to say. So today, you're going from just dating to just married. That's, that was the, that's the script for the pastor. And he gets up there and he's all nervous. And he says, Jill, and everybody's watching. He says, Jill, today you're going from just mating to just married. And she looks at him like, what did you just say? I mean, everybody was like, 
some of you didn't even catch it. Maybe when you're driving home, you will. I don't know. So just pray about it. So <laughs> just meeting. Anyway, not, that wasn't until later. But so, so God continues. Moses pleads. Oh, by the way, here's what I wrote. Or, or the Lord says to Moses, remember he said, I don't have the ability, verse 13. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Like I speak things into existence, Moses. That's how powerful I am. Who makes a mouth? Who decides whether people will speak or don't speak, hear or don't hear, see or don't see? It isn't not I, the Lord, that does that. Now go. You can almost hear God getting mad. Go. Go. I'm going to be with you as you speak. I'll instruct you in what to say. In other words, God is saying, Moses, I don't need your ability. I'm the one who gives it. And God is saying the same thing to you and I. He doesn't need your ability. What he needs is your availability. And when you say, here I am, God, use me, he'll wear you out for the kingdom. Everybody waits. Oh, I need to wait until it's the perfect time to do this or this. Or Don't wait. Step in. God will equip you. It's what he does. It's what he's in the business of doing. Verse 13. Say five. It's crazy. God, send somebody else. I know I've given you four reasons and you're still not leaving me alone. I'm not the guy. Somebody else can do it better than me. Somebody else is more equipped than me. Somebody else can sing better. Somebody else can love better. Somebody else can serve better. Somebody else can do whatever better. Send somebody else. Moses pleads, Lord, send anyone else. Are you kidding me, Moses? Notice, notice the verbiage. Did you hear what Moses said? He said, Lord, send anyone else. Moses is calling him Lord, but speaking to him like he's not. Oh, Lord, Lord, send anybody else because you, you, you can't help me. And don't get too mad at Moses because we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, honestly, we can be guilty. We'll come to church and we're like, oh, praise God. And we'll, the worship, this is my favorite worship song. And, you know, Waymaker, beautiful Savior, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And we just sing it out, God, that is who you are. An hour later, we're like asking, God, where are you? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a reservation at for lunch and it's an hour wait. God, why have you forsaken me? We, God, you won't show up. We, we, we. We sing that he'll show up, and then, but we act like he won't. You're calling me Lord. You just don't believe that I am. Moses. So God, God is, listen to what God says. See, God got angry. His, his anger was always righteous, never sinful. Verse 14, the Lord became angry with Moses. All right. What about your brother Aaron, the Levite, the priest? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you now. He'll be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put words in his mouth. I'll be with you both as you speak. And I'll instruct you both on what to say. This is, this is insane to me. I would think God would, ha would say, Moses, away with you. You know what? You're out of the picture. I'll just use Aaron completely and I'll work on him because you're done. But God doesn't say that. He says, fine. For the fifth time, you, you, you protest your purpose. For the fifth time, you tell me what you can't do even though I can do all things. And God says, I'll bring your brother along. We'll do it this way. The, the patience and kindness of the father. Yes, he got angry. But you would too if your kid's not listening for the fifth time. Well, when I have kids, they're going to listen the first time. Okay, yeah. You look me up when you have kids. I'll come over and we'll watch the, the show. We'll watch the fertilizer hit the fan. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it ain't going to be good. 
they'll listen. He's sure they will. Okay, so he's mad. He's upset, but he still loves Moses. He still loves him. And I wrote it down. Doesn't it make sense that God is patient with Moses and God is kind with Moses? Because God is love. That's what it says in, in, in 1 John, that God is love, and love is patient, and love is kind, and love does not boast, and, and, and God leans into Moses. I really prayed at this point of the message, putting it together for you, because I could have give, given you five takeaways, one for each protest. Okay, don't do this, don't do this, do this. But you know what the reality is? Most of you won't remember what's being said today, because most people don't. So I don't like to overwhelm. I like to give just one thing. If you remember just this one thing, that, that could sum up Moses and sum up what God wants for you today. It's this. Stop focusing on what you can't do. Stop focusing on what you can't do and start believing in what your God can do. Okay? If you will just do that, well, that sounds so remedial. It's, it's not. I promise you, if we could get people to understand this concept, look at every one of Moses' protests. He's focusing on what God can't do or what, what Moses can't do, excuse me. And also telling God what he can't do. It's insane. Stop focusing on what you can't do and start believing that with God all things are possible. God, do you believe God can change your circumstances? Do you believe it? Do you believe that he can save your marriage? Do you believe that he'll find you a spouse? Do you believe that he'll walk alongside you in your business, walk alongside you in your finance, walk alongside you in your children? Do you believe it? Do you truly believe it? Help you overcome your addiction. I wrote that down specifically for somebody. We got to stop protesting what God can't do. We got to stop protesting what God can't do and start believing that with God, all things are possible. Do you believe it? Why don't you shout for five seconds to God if you believe it? Why don't you give him praise right now? Can he do all things? Or is it something cute to say? No way I'm alive today without God. No way I'm a pastor today without God. I didn't believe in myself. I believed, I believed in God. I did have that. I did not believe in me. And God would show me, God would put people around me, people like my wife Jody, my family, others that would love me and wrap around me. Okay, pastor, but that's your story. You know, that's good for you, but, but who am I? I don't, I don't have the confidence. I don't have the talent. I don't have, like Moses, I don't have, I don't have. That's your problem. I, I, I. I'm telling you, when you shift the spotlight, when you shift the focus from I, I, to the great I am, then you will see the hand of God moving in your life like you've never seen before. That's when you see it. God was begging Moses to live his purpose. Stop fighting him. Stop protesting him. Step into it. So, spoiler alert. Sounds like a title to a message. Anyway. God uses Moses to deliver the Israelites. Not after a lot of pain. Not after a lot of plagues. God had to send 10 plagues to, to get Pharaoh to finally give in to let the people go. 10 plagues. He sent a bunch of frogs at one time. He sent locusts. He sent these little trolls to go in and take all the toilet paper. I'm just kidding. That's not true. God, God toilet I still won't get it. God the 10th plague is what broke Pharaoh. The 10th flag, the 10th plague, God would take all the firstborn sons, including Pharaoh's. That would do it. When Pharaoh lost his firstborn son, he succumbed. He begged Moses, get up, get him out of here. Get him out of here. I don't want to see you in the... Get out of here. His son's gone. 
Well, God, before that plague came, God said to Moses, he said, hey, I'm gonna pass through Egypt. What I need you to do, and all the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Jews, God's chosen nation at that time, I need you to kill a lamb, a good one, one with no defects. It's gotta be as good as you can get. And I want you to kill it and take the blood, take it on a branch and dip the blood on a branch and, and kind of spread the blood up over the door, the outside of the door. It seems weird, but that the, the Hebrews would understand. A sacrifice was needed for redemption to happen. Exodus 12, 13. God says, the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you're staying. And when I, when I go through, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You heard of the term Passover? That's where it comes from. That celebration, the Jewish celebration every year. Jesus, remember when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey? Celebrating the Passover. They're celebrating what happened. They're celebrating this, this event. God says, I'm going to pass through. I'll take the firstborn sons, but when I see the blood on the doorpost, I will pass over your house. What's crazy is, this is what gets me. As God is going through, and that happened, God didn't open the door and look on the inside to make sure that everybody was worthy. You know, to make sure that you're being good enough for me to pass over, good enough for me to bless. God didn't stop and look inside and say, oh, ooh, what's going on here? Jennifer, watching an R-rated movie on Netflix, huh? Well, all right. Sorry about your luck. Jimmy, on the iPad back there, what you watching? Oh, okay, Jimmy, you're, you're screwed. All right, uh, Uncle Bob, you're using words that make the devil blush. Okay, that's not good. God didn't do that because it was never about good or bad. It never was. I finished reading Galatians with my group. The book is amazing. Paul wrote it. It's so amazing. Paul's trying to beat it in their heads, the church. You don't, you're not good enough. Anything, you can't, you can never be good enough to be in God's good graces. That's, he, the whole book is that. I'll read you one verse. <laughs> so it's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. You can't be made right with God by being good because you'll never be good enough. Because what's good enough to God is perfection. And we'll never get there. You won't, and I won't. For the scriptures say it is through faith, say faith, that a righteous person has life. It is through faith. Your faith in a man named Jesus is what makes you right. Nothing else, that, see, this is why God didn't have to check inside the house. This is why God could pass over and just see the blood on the outside. Why? Why did the blood make all the difference? Because only the blood of a sinless, spotless, perfect Lamb of God can set you free. The foreshadowing. Take a perfect lamb, spread its blood. The Lamb of God, you know who that is? Jesus. That's why they call him that. That's why he has that one of his names. He's the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God, will you please stop focusing on what you can't do? Start believing that with God all things are possible. Some of you, you need saving in an area of your life and you know it. It's why God brought you here. It's why you're sitting here. It's why you're watching. It's why you're listening. I don't care if you're listening three years from now. It's divine. It's on purpose. 
because there's something that you need saving because you have struggles because you have doubt, because you have limitations. But can I tell you something? Your greatest limitation became God's greatest opportunity. Because when you are dead in your sin, He sent Jesus to set you free. That's what He did. That's the gospel, by the way. The gospel says, because you mess up like the Egyptians, penalty must happen. I'll take them. Death, uh, death has to happen to to atone for sin. That's why God said, I don't, I don't want to do that to you. You're my chosen people. Kill a lamb. Its blood will work. I'll pass over. Say Passover. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't ever let this become mundane in your life. My God, you should, you should praise God for what I'm about to tell you. That the perfect son of God, the lamb of God died on a cross. A, a, a lamb a man, a God who never did anything wrong would be butchered on a cross for you and for, for I. Blood shed all over the place. Blood has to spill to atone for us and our mistakes. And it's supposed to be ours. That's what's supposed to happen. But God had other plans for you and me, his chosen people. My son will do it. He'll, he'll bleed on a cross. He'll die. But that wasn't even the key. And some of you are like, oh, I know it's coming. He's going to talk about the resurrection. You dang right. You bet I am. I'll never shut up about it. Because thousands were crucified. One rose from the dead. One rose from the dead. You, how you, what you believe determines how you behave. I, I wrote it down in the notes. What you believe determines how you behave. Why do I, every weekend up here, talk about the resurrection? Why do I talk about that Jesus was dead, but three days later, he was alive? Why? Because everything I believe about Jesus hinges on an empty tomb. And when Jesus Christ walked out of the tomb, hope walked into your life. Purpose walked into your life. New life walked into your life. If you believe it, shout about it. If you believe it, give God praise. Come on, I want to hear somebody give Him praise today. But pastor, I messed up. I know. Me too. That's why I cling to the one who's not. You should too. If you've never truly given your life to Christ, believed that he is the son of God, believed he died on the cross and rose from the dead, today you can be saved. Today, in a sense, God will take blood from his son and put it over your life. And then he overlooks all that you've done wrong. And then he gives you credit for everything that his son did right. Good people don't go to heaven. If you didn't hear her, she said, saved people do. You're saved by your faith through God's grace. When you have the faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and that he rose, most importantly that he rose, no one else has pulled that off. Nobody. It's true. Sell out to it today. Online, type I choose Jesus in the comments. In the room, mark the card so we know the, the indicator of what God's doing in your heart. God wants to change you. Some of you are suffering in such bad ways, but you keep protesting what God has for you. You keep pushing back on God. And he leans in because he loves you and he's patient with you. Stop pushing back on your purpose. Start leaning, in, leaning into what God has for you. And if you don't know what God has for you, pray. Pray. It's why we got prayer warriors. It's why we got a prayer room. It's why we're, we're a house that is built on the foundation of prayer. 
Nothing hurts my heart more when people walk out of the room without prayer and they need it. Breaks my heart. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. And then you're going to pray with each other. The prayer team, they'll be walking through the rows if you need them to lead a prayer. But wherever you're at, wherever you're sitting, and right now some of you, oh my gosh, you just got nervous. Kind of tightened up there a little bit. It's okay. Relax. God's got you. He's with you. Remember, I'll give you the words. You may not even speak. Someone else will speak on your behalf. In your rows, in your cluster, whatever it is, you're going to just pray for each other and love each other. And if you, need, if you need more prayer, you'll go in the prayer room. You'll find somebody else. You'll find me. I love you. God loves you more. We're in a series called Faith Beyond Doubt. Most people won't live their purpose. Do you know that? Do you know why? Doubt. Fear. Protesting. I don't have the ability. What if? Who am I? Who are you? I don't have what it takes. Get somebody else. Not you. Today you will step into what God has for you. Whatever that looks like. See, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you individually on purpose. I'm not going to give you, this is your clear next step. I don't know. God knows. He'll tell you. But, but here's, my, here's what I beg of you. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, God, will you do it? I'm begging you to do it. I don't want to go to church just to go to church, please. Start living your purpose today. And if you don't know it, man, lean into prayer. Lean into us. We'll walk with you. Guide you. We'll help you. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, the series is blowing me away, Father. First, Abraham. All we think of is good things. Boy, when I read his story, he did a lot of crazy bad things. Now today, Moses. Man, we know this man led the people out of, out of Egypt. Huh. I wonder if we realize that at a, at a setting of the burning bush, he would beg you, not once, not twice, but five times. Please, I don't want to live my purpose. Please, I got, you got the wrong guy. Please, I don't have what it takes. And God, I wonder how many people today watching online, listening, here in the room, are thinking the exact same thing. I, 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 I can't start that nonprofit. I, I, I don't have the capacity to serve. I don't have the time. God, I, I can't, I, boy, my finances, I, I can't return to you, God, because I don't trust you. God, thanks for being patient and kind with us. Lord, you know I've been there. And in areas of my life, I'm still there. Minister to me and everybody else here today. Meet us where, where you're at, where we're at. And Holy Spirit, you're thick in this place today. Move in the lives of people. Change us. Make us new. We don't want to leave the same. But here's the thing. You'll do your part. The question is, will we do ours? God, we're putting down our signs. We're picking up our staff. We're picking up your word. And we will walk by faith to where you tell us to go, to, tell, to where you tell us what to do. We will do it. And we will trust you and glorify you all the way along. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. 
I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.